The Manage Smarter Show is brought to you by SalesCred, the sales skill building solution that empowers sales teams worldwide to multiply sales opportunities by improving perception, accelerating trust building, and by earning repeat business. Get the best-selling book by C. Lee Smith, download the free mobile app, and now sign up for the SalesCred Masterclasses. Book your session now at salescred.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. You know, Lee, one of the things we talked about in the show is, you know, managing the sales pipeline and sales funnel. And our guest today has some new takes on that. And by the way, I love the name of his book, don't you? Oh, I absolutely do. I think it's fantastic. So, uh, yeah, about igniting yeah, igniting the sales process and the pipeline and everything like that. And one of the things that I like uh, that we're going to talk about today is the role of assumptions. And I, I'm reminded of uh, the old movie Stripes and when Harold Ramis was in front of the class and he's teaching language to the immigrants. And, you know, he writes up on the board the word assume. Uh, and, and, and that's what he talks about. You know, when you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. And so uh, that's what assumptions can do during the sales process. And we're going to touch on some of that today. Yes. So welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. I'm Audrey Strong, the Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. And I'm Celie Smith. I'm the CEO of SalesFuel. So Steve Gilda is our guest today, co-founder of Ignite Selling and author of, again, I love the title, Ignite Your Sales Strategies, A Field Guide to Accelerating the Pipeline. It's an Amazon top 10 sales book that helps sales teams be able to Think and act strategically, construct a seamless sales pipeline process, understand the buying factors for each specific sale, and proactively manage the key influencers, and also get a competitive snapshot all at the same time. So if your process isn't real great and you've been struggling, he is for you. So welcome, Steve. I can't thank you enough for coming today. You've got some great things to teach us. Well, Audrey and Lee, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. I look forward to uh, spending a little bit of time with you and your listeners today. Sounds good. So, Lee, you take the helm here with the questions. Yeah, well, I've got the first question here, and we're going to talk a little bit about about sales pipeline management. But I think where that's really where it really shows itself is not when you've got an established product and you know how to sell it, and you've you've got your process down. Everybody knows where they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to do. But where it really shows is when you're trying to launch a new product, and you know you've got some thoughts then on some of the key things that actually cause new product launches to fail. Can you maybe share a couple of those? Yeah, thank you, Lee. I appreciate the question. You know, you know, we've been uh, helping organizations do a better job of launching new products for almost two decades now. And we often find that organizations, when they're launching new products, are making some very dangerous assumptions around things that they think their salespeople actually know. And uh, those, those assumptions often lead the product to not hit the mark as well as they kind of had hoped. You know, they spend all this money sometimes millions of dollars bringing a new product to market with the expectations and the hopes and the dreams that the product is going to really revolutionize revolutionize their particular pipeline or to change how they go to market. And often it falls far short. And the reason reasons being is really several, but let's just kind of dive into two of them. One is often believing that the key influencers involved in buying the previous products they brought to market are the same influencers that are involved involved in buying this new product. And I'm not saying that some of those influencers aren't the same, but to make the assumption 
that the same three, four, five, six people that were involved last time are the same, you know, three, four, five, six people this time may not necessarily be true. We must help salespeople recognize that the value of our product that we're bringing to market now might be critically important to somebody else in that organization. Maybe it's somebody in finance. Maybe it's somebody in supply chain. Can we quantify the value of our new product to some potential influencers that we haven't spoken to in the past as a way to differentiate what we're bringing to the market? That's, that's, that's number one is kind of those, those key influencers. So just think about it, Lee and Audrey, yourselves. When you guys have been involved in working with organizations, what is that trap that salespeople fall into? I mean, what does that trap lead to when they're not talking to the right people? Yeah, I mean, clearly they're not they're not getting the right information. They're they're not talking to a decision maker, someone that can actually influence or actually make a decision in their favor. And most importantly, they're, they're not getting key information uh, that that they need to have the leverage then to be able to close the deal later on. Correct, and all that leads to is a stalled opportunity. You know, so in other words, we think that we're talking to the wrong to the right people. All along, we're really not. And here we have all the hopes and expectations. We found a prospect who wants to go ahead and engage with us. We introduced him to this new product only to come to find out that, you know, if we would have engaged with the right people right up front and really started quantifying the value of our solutions in a more impactful way, this opportunity may not be sitting in stage three of our pipeline for four months. You know, it's, yeah. it's an autopilot thing, right? It's like, yeah, because you get used to, you have the the gravity of if, 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 if the way you've always done things for other existing products and everything like that. And a new product, quite frankly, is, you know, you've got to start with a clean slate and, and think differently about all that. And that's a challenge than the people that are used to doing things a certain way, or you're in marketing, speaking to a certain audience, and now you've got to speak to a slightly different audience. Uh, you know, it's, and of course, obviously with sales too, but that that's, I, I think for me, it's that inertia that, that comes from existing being successful in, in other product lines or whatever, that, that in a way you would think actually help the momentum of a new product launch, but it actually can get in the way. Lee, I love, I love that statement. You know, we did a little bit of research and we uh, come to find out that we asked, we were looking at the data. We were wondering, do newer sales representatives or more experienced sales representatives make more assumptions? Mm. Our research mm-hmm. shows that the more experienced the salesperson, the more assumptions that they make. And it goes right back to what you just said there, Lee. It's because of that inertia. I've been doing this for a long time. And yes. I know how to do my job. I've been, and if I've been working in the same account for the last seven years, I'm the account manager. I own the, this account. You can't tell me I don't know who's going to be involved in this decision-making process. I know because I've been working this account for the last seven years. All of a sudden, they come to find out. We often ask a question. Who's your competition speaking to that you're not? Mm-hmm. Good well, question. If you can't answer that question, you're probably finding yourself you might be at risk. What's the so other one factor the you were going to tell us? Yeah, what's number two? Yeah, the, the second one is making the assumptions that the decision criteria that they were using to compare you against the competition or the criteria that they were using to make the decision to move forward is in fact the same decision criteria that they're using to decide whether or not they want to buy this new product. And in many cases, that number one decision criteria that salespeople assume is the most important is not. They often think that it's price. That the customer's number one decision criteria is price. And if you ask any sales representative, why did you lose your last sale? <laughs> yes. <laughs> 90, well, our, our, our research says 74% of salespeople believe that the reason they lost their last sale is because of price. 
But yet when we go back and talk to their customers, price only falls into the top three decision criteria 22% of the time. So when we're sitting back and we're thinking about how do, what are those things that I need to do to bring this new product to market, or how do I better leverage uh, or differentiate myself from the competition? Well, it's all about asking a couple of questions. Number one, what's the criteria that you're using to compare us against the competition? Listen to the customer. Price will be in there, no doubt. But they're going to say it's things such as ease of use, just-in-time inventory, serviceability, reputation in the market, price. However, now if you ask the two other questions, how would you rank that criteria from most important to least important? And Then another real important question is, is how do you perceive my company's ability to meet this criteria compared to the competition? Are we comparatively better in serviceability, equal to or worse in your opinion? And because salespeople don't uh, explore that Every, on every sale, they assume that the criteria that they used last time when they won the business is the same criteria this time. It often leads them to either lose the sale or, again, to have that opportunity stall. Or, or make an overly rosy forecast that they share with their sales manager. <laughs> yeah. Now, I if it's a new product, bag. though, just to play devil's advocate, they're, the, ans- the client, pers- the prospect, may not know the answer to some of those questions if right. they're if it's a new product, but you should always ask is your point, right? Well, I think you're, you bring up a really good point, Audrey. Let's suppose for a moment, let's just kind of carry that example out. Mm-hmm. Let's suppose that when you ask the question, what is the criteria that you're using to make this decision? And the, and the customer kind of says, you know, we really haven't thought about that. Well, what's our what's this opportunity exposed? Well, you know, we have to think that there are some unique capabilities of this new product. And maybe the, the uniqueness of this new product is the fact that it's extremely easy to use or it improves the efficiencies of the people using this new product. Well, this is an opportunity. If you know that this is a differentiator between your product and the other products in the market, the other products in the market are not as easy to use, are easy to use or it doesn't improve efficiencies in the office or in the, or, or in the, in the, in the laboratory as well as, it is, as, as you say your competitors do, here's an opportunity for you to formulate that decision criteria. I see. So now what you're doing is you're, you're creating the critical decision criteria. So Mr. Customer, sounds like to me, some of the criteria that should be really important to you in this decision is wanting to find a partner or a solution that's going to have a product that's going to be easy to use so that you can drive the efficiencies of your staff that you're looking for. Sounds like to me, the other criteria that's going to be really important to you is that you partner with, with, an, with a company that has the experience in your industry that you know can can be adaptable and flexibility to change when you do. You agree that you think that's kind of um, you know sounds makes makes good sense. They'll say yes. Do I have that right? Yeah, because yeah, the person that, right? that the person that is defining the rules of the game has a better chance of winning the game. So it's like if you're letting your competitor define what mm-hmm. the rules are and everything like that, it's like well advantage them. If you're if you're defining it, advantage. If you're letting the buyer define it, which the, ultimately they do. Uh, it's a push, right? So it just depends on how you show up there. So truly, so true. I mean, I mean, one of the unique things about my company here at Ignite Selling is the fact that when we bring training to an organization, we don't use PowerPoint. Everything we do is a simulation, kind of a game board-based learning. Well, that's a unique differentiator of my company. So if I'm talking sales training with a company and I know that I'm up against some of the traditional you know, competitors, 
I know that they use PowerPoint. I know they use traditional role plays and workbooks. Well, we've kind of done away with all of that. So my job or my sales team's job is to ensure that they bring in this peer-to-peer simulation-based learning uh, as one of the critical criteria that the customer needs to consider when when choosing a training partner. Because I know nobody else does it. Yeah, and to that end, you know, over here at Sales Fuel with our sales cred masterclasses, I mean, what we do is we do group exercises. We don't do, I mean, we'll set the table a little bit uh, and we might use a couple of slides, but the rest of it is, is, is one-on-one interviews, it's crowdsourcing, it's group exercises and everything like that, that because that, that creates an environment that's more immersive. It draws people out. You can't have people just sitting in the background, the back of the room or whatever. With not, their not eyes glazing over. Eyes glaze over. It's like uh, <laughs> with their with their phones underneath the table, checking their oh, emails yeah, or, or buying something from Amazon, yeah. you know. <laughs> this is this is PowerPoint slide number 39. We <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's like <laughs> in here for 12 minutes. Painful. You know, when yeah. I was looking at your book, you know, uh, before the show, uh, obviously, you know, it's about accelerating your, your pipeline. So I'm really curious, you know, a- about that as far as, you know, what are some of the things that, that well, I get two, I actually got two questions. Uh, it seems as though that every product that, that comes out there from a, a SaaS company or something like that is, you know, we've got technology that will accelerate your pipeline. And then you have, you have AI and people are talking about that and that's a new hotness. So in your mind, what is the, you know, how does technology actually uh, help the, the acceleration, the uh, velocity of, of a pipeline? And then what's more important than that? Hmm. Two great questions. Let's focus on the first one first. How is AI or technology really helping accelerate the pipeline? Well, I think that there's no doubt that we all have to remember that sales is still a human game. Okay. It requires people to engage with people. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we have found in our experience and our research is the fact that one of the best ways is to ensure that you're talking to the right people about the right things and you're, and you're finding ways to help them uh, be more successful in their business. So it's about having questions, asking questions that align your capability to help them be more successful. So when, in fact, we're doing that, we can prevent opportunities from stalling. Now, where technology really kind of comes into play is that when you have a pipeline process that is clearly articulated by each stage with what we call a set of critical milestones. In other words, critical milestone is a strategic action that if not taken puts this opportunity at risk. So it's about, an example might be is um, that you have developed a proactive strategy to neutralize those detractors. Smart thing to do somewhere in the sales process. That might be a milestone. So if we have each stage of our pipeline process clearly articulated by a set of milestones where technology really kind of come into play is it reminds the salespeople that, hey, this milestone has not been done. And oh, by the way, here are three things that you can go do to ensure you get this milestone completed in your next sales meeting. So technology really can be a driver around accountability. And that's where I think both AI as well as just simple technology like a salesforce.com or Microsoft Dynamics or Zoho, all the ones that are out there, when it kind of simply says, hey, this opportunity has been here now for six weeks, and these three milestones have still not been completed yet. This opportunity is going to continue to stall until these milestones have been completed. So I think that's where that's where sales process, well-defined sales process and milestones 
can help. Your second question, Lee, though, it simply was something around what else, right? What's more important than technology when, when accelerating the things deals through the pipeline? Yeah, I think it comes down to sales management. So I think sales managers probably play one of the most critical roles in driving revenue acceleration. We can be a lone wolf out there and we can have technology, we can have the best processes. But if there's nobody out there really holding me accountable for what's going on here or challenging my critical thinking skills along the way. And I'm merely just checking the boxes that I have done what I what the milestones and what the sales process says I need to do. It's still not going to be enough. The role of that frontline sales manager to play the role of what we like to call a strategy coach is probably the most critical component to ensuring that opportunities don't get don't stall in the pipeline process. That goes right back to what I started with by saying sales is a human game. Yeah. Couldn't agree more with you on that. Absolutely. We've got a few minutes left. Um, just igniteselling.com is your website. And, yeah. uh, you know, any other nuggets of wisdom you want to give us in the last couple minutes here, Steve? <laughs> well, I think that anybody who's in the world of sales today, particularly a more complex sale, it's so critically important that we begin to explore ways that we can help our customers drive urgency to act now. And we do that by making sure that we're talking to the right people, not assuming that we're talking to the right people, that we understand who our competition is speaking to that we're not. We understand the decision criteria that the customer is using other than price in order for us to be successful. And the last one is that we know how to quantify the value of our capabilities. It's no longer just acceptable to understand what the needs and wants are of our customer. But how, how does solving those problems inside the organization help the client succeed? As a result of solving these problems, Mr. Customer, what business metrics are we moving for you? And I think that if we can help our customers drive urgency and make a change by talking to the right people, understanding the decision criteria that they're using to make the decision and help them succeed by quantifying the value of our capabilities, we can greatly reduce opportunities of stalling in the pipeline and we can launch new products more effectively. And so many times the top objective or objection is not price, it's doing nothing. And that's the thing we really got to solve, right? Amen. Amen to that. Amen to that. That's the perfect thing to end on, actually. <laughs> Thank you, Steve, for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Good stuff. That's we got your magic sauce now. Everybody go out. Don't skip any steps. Go get the book the and, and get the rest of it. Yeah. Yes. This is just a <laughs> taste you. of it. Yeah, yeah they, they can pick up the book. And anybody who wants to mention this podcast, when they click on that book uh, link in our uh, on our website at ignitesselling.com, they just mentioned this website. We'll, we'll, we'll drop a free copy of the book in the mail to them. And they oh, can either choose great. if they want it electronically or if they want a paper copy. I will put Fantastic. that in the show notes as well, sir. Thank you. We appreciate Absolutely. that. Our pleasure. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>